Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. We're going to open our Bibles to 1 Peter uh, chapter 1. It's toward the end of the Bible, right before... Um, the, uh, John's books and Revelation, so you can find it at the end of your Bible, First Peter chapter 1. Once you find it, if you don't mind, please stand to your feet, and if you're just going to read it off the screen, that's great, just stand to your feet. We're going to read it all together out loud as a family. It's just three verses of Scripture today. Are you ready? Yes. Come on, are you ready? Yes. Let's read it together. Therefore, preparing your minds for action... And being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Isn't that interesting that Paul would talk about our old man being an ignorant man? That's the reality of it. Y'all ready to continue? But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. So uh, Peter here is quoting the book of Leviticus where four times God gives us that last phrase. I have one of them queued up for you here, Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44. Let's read this as well. For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate, everybody say, consecrate, one more time. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. So the title of the message today is simply this, be holy because I am holy. Jesus is holy. Jesus, help us today to receive what it is that you want to speak to us all, both corporately and individually, because we want to become more like you. In Jesus' name, we dedicate this time to you. And once more, the church said, amen. You can be seated. Look at your neighbor on your way to your seat and tell him, say, you are called to be holy. Does that scare anybody? That is scary. I think we can all agree. It's like, that is a little bit scary. You are called to be holy. What I find to be interesting in the scripture is how God connects holiness to the topic that we're studying all month long, consecration. There is a clear link in the Scripture to my consecration and my holiness. And so if you've not been here the last couple of weeks, the first thing I want to do is define for you what consecration is. So consecration is, I'm going to give you a two-fold definition. Number one, the first component of consecration is this, to be separated from sin and the ways of the world. To be 
separated from. Everybody say from. That means that we are disconnected. We are pride apart. We are separated from a lifestyle of sinfulness and the way that the world suggests that we live. We're separated from that as Christians because we're called to be holy. And holy doesn't just look like being separated from sinfulness. It actually also means to be set apart for. Everybody say for. Set apart for. Not just righteous deeds, but set apart for the righteous person who is Jesus Christ. We are holy for Jesus so that he can make us into his image, to be set apart as holy for relationship as well as service unto the Lord. We're not only holy because we have fellowship with Jesus, we're also holy because we do the exploits of Jesus in his way. Amen? So all of us as Christians, we are called to live a right life. What? You mean to suggest to me that there is a right way that I should be living? Yes. The right way for you to live is the righteous way for you to live. What is the righteous way for you to live? Simply this. It is God's way for you to live. So if you want to live a righteous life and you want to live a holy life, it's as simple as this, although it's quite challenging. God, how do you want me to live? I say yes to that, and I am obedient to that, and that is my lifestyle. And God says, that right there, son, daughter, that's consecration. You're moving towards me. You're moving into holiness. That is the way I've called you to live. That is the right way for you to live. It is consecrated life. What Peter is doing here is he is teaching us how to respond to our salvation in Jesus. That's what Peter's instructing us in, okay? So he's teaching the people of God, everybody say, that's me, how to respond to being saved. How many saved people I got in the room? Come on, that's me, amen, that's me, I'm saved. Okay, well, Peter is teaching you how to respond to that free gift of salvation that you have received through Christ Jesus. He's saying, listen, the work starts with you accepting the work of Jesus on the cross, but it continues as you walk out your salvation the right way, the righteous way, God's way. And so that's what Peter's teaching here in 1 Peter chapter 1. So here's what he says. I'm going to give you some bullet points right up front, and then at the end, I'm going to swing around, and I'm going to tie it all back together, and we'll come back to these. But here's the bullet points. The first thing he says is, I want you to prepare your mind for action. So if you want to be holy, you're going to have to, you know, you might need to lay hands on yourself. I prepare for action. What? Inactivity? Passivity? No, no. No, if I want to be holy, I've got to prepare this mind for some action. Second thing he says is, Not only do I want you to prepare your mind for action, but I also want you to keep your mind in a particular way. I want you to stay sober-minded in this mind, all right? If you want to be holy, you need to steward a sober mind. The next thing he tells us is set your hope fully 
on the grace of Jesus. Now, this is the most important thing in Peter's list, is that all of us take all of our trust and we thrust it upon Jesus and we say, my sole hope to become holy is in one person and his name is Jesus. If I get Jesus, I get holiness. If I don't get him, I get no holiness. So that's what Peter's teaching us. He's like, listen, this is very, very important. Set your hope fully on the grace of Jesus. He goes on to say, next, if you wanna be holy, you've got to be obedient children. If you want to be holy, you've got to say yes to the Almighty Father. We can't be disobedient children. Every time God tells us to do something, we can't be like, why? And then he's like, and then he tells us, why? It's like my two-year-old. Why? 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 Because I told you so. It's just, it's right there. <laughs> I'm just wondering how often does, does God have to tell you, because I told you so. Because Peter's teaching us here, this is how you respond to salvation and pursue a lifestyle of holiness. You are obedient to God as your father, as his son or as his daughter. And then he says, don't go back to your old ways and get shaped by sinfulness. No, move into the new way of living which you have received through Christ Jesus. Consecrate yourself. Consecrate yourself and be holy because God is holy. Because your God, verse 16, is holy. That is why we are to be holy, because God wants to make you just like him, and he is holy. That's why we are to be holy. If we want to be holy, we must be consecrated. And that is the connection that Scripture makes time and time again throughout the whole Bible, is that our holiness is a byproduct of our consecration. All right, let me, let, me, let me say it again. Our holiness is a byproduct of our consecration. Now, y- your wheels are already spinning, I'm sure. I can feel it right now. The atmosphere is like, hold on, wait, how did that happen? How do we get this? How do we do that, all right? Listen, your holiness is a byproduct of your consecration. We're gonna dive deep into that today, and we're gonna dig in and see what that means. But how many of you guys in here, you would say, I want to be holy. Come on. I want to be holy, right? If you want to be holy, guess what you also want to be? You want to be consecrated. And if you don't want to be consecrated, you don't want to be holy. And if you don't want to be holy, you don't truly want to become what God wants you to be. Because you are made in his image and he wants to make you like himself. He wants you to be holy. So if you confess today, I want to be the person God wants me to be, then you want to be a holy person. I want to be, Lord, whatever you want me to be, you want to be holy then. No, I don't really want that part of becoming the person you want me to be. I just want to like rule and reign and like be the man. Well, if you want to be the person God's called you to become, you're going to have to walk what Isaiah tells us a little bit later, the highway of 
holiness. You're going to have to walk that highway. Okay, so today, if we could go into the heavenlies, just up and in, right? And we could go into the heavenlies with a documentary film crew and we could eavesdrop on a worship service then you would get the privilege of hearing the soundtrack of heaven. I'm talking about the songs that have been sang for all of eternity by creation and the angels, and they're all before the, ro- before the throne in Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. And what are they singing? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Like it never stops day and night and night and day. Holy, holy, holy. Why are they singing holy, holy? Because God likes to be called holy. God tells us about himself through the scripture. He is self-disclosing what he is like. And he's saying, listen, before you know me in any other way, I want to make sure that we get this straight. I am God and I am holy. I am very, very holy. There are many ways that God is unlike the world, the sinful world. But primarily the way in which he is unlike creation is that he is holy, right? Especially in terms of his purity. God is pure. God is holy. God is right. God is righteous. I mean, think about this church. Whenever he sent his spirit, he said, I'm going to send you the spirit. Why didn't he call it the love spirit? You got faith, you got hope, you got love. The greatest of these is love. Well, why don't you send me the loving spirit? Now, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit because I want to make sure that you really get what I'm like at the foundation. I'm going to impart it into my name because my name is is holy. I'm looking for an adjective to to define myself. Do I say I'm the the pure spirit, the love spirit, the power spirit, the helping spirit? After all, the Holy Spirit's the helper. No, he said, look, I'm going to send you my spirit and it's going to be the Holy. Holy Spirit. That is what God is like. God is holy. He has always been. He will always be holy. We, the, we have the Godhead. We have the Father. We have the Son. Who is Jesus? And we have the... Y'all got it? So humans, man did not decide that God's Spirit is holy, but God chose to tell us as a means of self-disclosure that His Spirit is God's holy, and he wants us to be like him in this very same way. So when you read this passage of Scripture, how many of you guys know you don't just read the Bible, the Bible reads you? It prophesies to us about the potential of our lifestyles. It also gets in our business. Lord, come on. Why'd that have to be in my daily reading? You're all up in my business, Lord. No, right? But when you run across this in 1 Peter 1, You're like, hold on, wait, God wants me to be holy like he is holy? Impossible. There's no way that's possible. I'm going to go ahead and back off of this now and just determine that I'm not going to buy into that because it's not true. There's no way that it can be true. It's absolutely impossible. There's no way I can be holy. And then on the other hand, we might have some of us who are reading it. We're like, oh, okay, dope. I can be as holy as God. That's amazing. But it it kind of begs the question, can anybody be as holy as God is? Um, No. Not on your own. No. Not by your own strength. Not by your own might. 
There is nothing that we can do to manufacture holiness within ourselves. No amount of great behavior, no matter how close we stick to the law, there is no way that I am able to become righteous on my own volition. It is impossible. It, unless I have Jesus, there is no hope for me to become holy, which is why Peter says, here's what you need to do. Most importantly, you need to take all of your trust, you need to bunch it together and throw it upon Jesus because the only possible solution for you to become like him is to take all of your faith and put it in him because the only way to be holy is if he makes you holy. So one of the things I recognize that we actually have uh, a dilemma of ideas in the body of Christ is that we don't know the difference in positional holiness and practical holiness. Okay? So when you think about be holy as I am holy, it is true that you have been made holy as God is holy in Christ Jesus. So you have a positional holiness in that we are right now, present tense, seated with Christ in heavenly places right? So right now, you're holy. Isn't that great news? They're not as excited probably as this side will be, but I I mean, isn't it great news? Like you're holy. You've been made holy by Jesus. You've been made righteous by the blood of the Lamb. Isn't that amazing? Wow. What? Jesus did for me what I could never do for myself. He purified me. He made me blameless and spotless and he washed me of my sin in his own precious blood and now I can stand before the throne of grace boldly saying, I'm holy, not because anything I've done, but because the blood of Jesus is upon me. That's why we don't get rejected and that's why we can go boldly is because when the father looks on us, he's not saying, I see your wickedness. He's saying, I see the blood of my son. You have access Come near, draw near to me. You've been made holy by me. That's positional holiness. Let me give you some scripture uh, to support that so you know what I'm saying is true. Hebrews 10 and 10. Uh, For God's will was for us to be made holy by what? The sacrifice of the body of Jesus on the cross once for all time. Once for all time. Oh, so I'm good then. I don't have to do anything. Yeah, you, positionally, yes, you are holy, but practically, you've got to become holy. Anybody ever heard, uh, I am saved, I'm being saved, and one day I will be saved? You ever heard that? You can use this for holiness as well. I am holy, I'm becoming holy, and one day I'm going to be completely holy. And that's the practical holiness. In Christ, we have positional holiness, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, we move into practical holiness through this list that Peter has given us to perform in our life if we want to be consecrated and as a result, becoming holy in the way that Jesus wants to be holy. So if you want to be the person God's called you to become, then you want to be holy. So here's step one of how to become holy. It's not in my notes because you all know it already. Receive Jesus. (laughs) Because there's no holiness, there's no hope, there's no salvation, there's no righteousness, there's no purification for you, for your soul, for your spirit, for your brain, for your body. There is no hope for you outside of Jesus, but in Jesus, all of your hope can be invested. All of your trust can be placed in Christ. Yes, I can be like God. Why? Because he is willing to make me like him. And that's the only reason. That's the only reason. 
So when we move into the practical part of holiness, we call this sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. Sanctification. It's, it's God sanctifying us as sons and daughters. He is shaping us. He's making us. He is the potter and we are the clay. And we are living this life on the wheel. And from time to time, the, the Almighty Father is going to say, I don't like that little lump that is right there. I'm just going to move that right Ouch! <laughs> That hurts. That's sanctification. You, we, I'm going to go ahead and get rid of that thing that is there. That's not for you to walk in. That's not holy. I don't think I want to be consecrated, actually. I think I'm good. Just leave me as this marred vessel. No, no, don't get off of the table. Don't get off of the stand. Let the potter have his way with you. He wants to make you into his image. He wants to form you who he's called you to become. Now, in order for us to be practically walking out a life of consecration and holiness, we've got some work to do. Everybody say, I, I got some work to do. Jesus did his part. You going to do your part? Jesus did his part for us on the cross. Are we going to do our part with the Holy Spirit? Great news, you have the helper. It's not all on you. So I, I mentioned this earlier, uh, Isaiah 35, a highway will be there, a roadway, and it will be called the highway of holiness. The unclean's not going to travel on it. It's going to be for the one who walks that way and fools will not wander on it. What does that mean? You'll never accidentally end up on the highway of God's holiness by happenstance. Oops, just seem to have fallen into a lifestyle of holiness. I can promise you, your flesh is not inclined to walk that path in life. You are more inclined to be like, I'm going to walk my way, not God's way. But listen, what is Isaiah telling us? Is that is our, there is a right way for us to walk and there is a wrong way for us to walk. If you want to be foolish, you can't go in God's way. You've got to be intentional. You've got to be practical. You've got to be proactive to walk this way. There is a holy way that we must walk. How many of you guys know that? There is a standard. Listen. That must be restored to this generation of believers is that there is a standard of how we are to walk. We cannot do whatever we want and pretend as though it is holy because we are talking about the Lord Jesus or we are singing about the Lord Jesus. Listen, I am not writing the book. I'm reading the book. There is a prescribed protocol of how priestly people are supposed to behave in order to walk on that highway of holiness. So we can't walk in the way that we want and then justify our lifestyles because we talk about Jesus. Listen, I know, I know some of you guys may have just decided you're never coming back to Legacy, but I love you and I want you to know, listen, there is a way in which God has for you to walk and it is on a highway called holiness and it is a righteous life. It is a consecrated life. And at the end of it all, it's what God says, this is the right way. This is the, this is the way, walk in it. Star Wars? No, I just get nothing. Okay, I just watched Star Wars for the first time. Are you happy about that? I am. All right, let me give you some points because I ain't got that much time left. Let me give you some points. These are important points. Let's go back to Peter's list. So if you want to be holy, if you want to be holy, say that's me. Everybody. Some of you guys just, oh, that was by faith. Ah, yep, okay, that's me, amen. All right, number one, 
If you want to be holy, number one, you've got to prepare your mind for action. Action, all right? You've got to prepare. Everybody say, prepare. What does that mean? Gird up. Gird up. Gird up, right? We don't often think about girding anything up. Nobody wears girdles anymore. And uh, we also don't wear uh, man skirts in America. When I was a missionary in India, we used to wear these man skirts called lungis, all right? And it was something that the fathers would do. They'd walk around in these man skirts. And if you ever had to get active for any reason whatsoever, you'd have to gird them up. You had to bunch them up and you had to tie them up. That's what you do. Yes, I wore a man skirt, okay? Get over it. I was trying to be incarnational to the people God had called me to serve. So I dress like them, you know what I mean? Uh, so let, let's Americanize this definition. How about this? Tie your shoes. Does that fit? It's a better fit. Tie your shoes. So whenever Peter's saying, I want you to prepare, here's what he's saying. I want you to tie up the shoestrings of your mind because we're not just going to be jogging in flip-flops this marathon called life. But we're going to tie up those Nike, Pegasus. <laughs> All the people who hate running in here are like, I hate this illustration. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to tie up the shoelaces of our minds. For what? For action. For action. So actually, I looked up that word action as well because I'm like, okay, I want to prepare my mind. I want to tie up the shoelaces of my mind for action. And so what's interesting is that this word action, the best English definition that we have for it is this. You ready for it? Critical thinking. That's the best definition that we have for it. Critical thinking. So whenever Peter says, do you want to be holy? And the church says, We do want to be holy. I want to be the person God's called me to become. Peter's like, okay, well, then you better tie up the shoelaces in your head because it's going to be time for some critical thinking. Be transformed by the renewal of your thinking, right? Your mind, right? And so what the image that Peter is painting for us is if we want to be holy, we're going to have to be prepared to change our mind. We're going to have to be strengthened and prepared to get after it in our intellects so that we can adopt the mind of Christ, the ways of God, the righteous life he has for us, that we can submit ourselves to it and move into it so that God can actually adapt the way that we think. Listen, God wants in here, all right? Yes, he wants your spirit for all of eternity, but I'm telling you, church, God wants your mind. He wants how you think. He wants your thought life to be like his thought life. He wants your ideas to be like the ideas of Jesus. This is how we become transformed. I know not a lot of people believe this, but if I could somehow just get in there and change your thoughts, I could change your life. And that's how God changes our lives is by changing how we think. Yes, you can be transformed by a supernatural encounter, but the way we walk out practical holiness is that God puts truth in our brains and we say, wow, that doesn't compute. My flesh doesn't like that. But what does he say in uh, not the next point, but the next? I want you to put all of your hope on Jesus. I want you to put all of your hope on Jesus 
And I want you, point number three, I'm going to go back to point number two. Point number three, be obedient. Be, be obedient to your father. Because what does he say? As obedient children, God is our father. Amen? Amen. God is our father. And how many of you guys know God is good yes. all the time? Yes. God is good. Yes. And so the way he parents us and the way he leads us and the way he disciplines us, it's always good. And so our thing is like, wow, we get your truth, God. That's amazing. I obey it. Yeah. I obey it. Okay, let's go back to point two. And so how do we prepare our minds for action? By keeping a sober mind. A sober mind. By keeping a sober mind. Um, being sober is the opposite of being drunk. I know that's not uh, particularly deep. But um, one of the things that I like to do when I read the scripture is I like to look at a juxtaposition of what the Bible is trying to tell me. So whenever I read that Peter wants me to have a sober mind, I'm reading, Peter does not want me to have an intoxicated mind. And Peter's not just talking about drinking a bit too much wine or shooting tequila, although it's included in that, all right? You're not gonna be able to think clearly with the mind of Christ while you always, you know, hitting the bottle. So let's just, let's all agree that that is the case and move on from that. But what he is talking about primarily is not liquor. He's talking about the intoxicating effects of allowing your mind to dwell on the illusory aspects of a wicked life. So you're like, oh, wow. Remember how much fun I had? Anybody ever been there before? You had, you, you, yeah, you had fun, but it wasn't fruitful. And you only remember the ups and never the downs. You, you know, oh, wow. And we just become intoxicated by the idea of living a life, doing whatever our flesh wants. Wow. Woo, that's amazing. Oh, I can't wait to get out and do something like that. Oh, see, that's what an, that's what an intoxicated mind looks like. So he's saying, don't tolerate that. Be sober-minded. Dismiss that mess. You tell hell, no, thank you. Been there, done that. It wasn't all what it was cracked up to be. I know better. Get out, get back. I'm not looking back. I'm looking ahead. That's point four, last point. Don't look back at your old life when you were dead. Look forward in your new life in Christ Jesus. That's what he's telling us. And so when, he, when, you, when you look at the, the, the I, I love illustrations. I love going into the Greek and I love getting the original definition and I love what is the picture that it paints? And here's the picture that it paints, all right? It's talking about a replica, replication. It's about reproducing a particular type of life as we look at a role model. Yes. Anybody, anybody go to art college in here by chance? Okay, one person, amazing. Two people, amazing. Let's go. I also went to art college for like half of a half of a half of a half of a semester, and um, so I think that was a total of two hours. Uh, but I remember, um, like, one of the things that they would do is they would. Uh, it wasn't a nude model, by the way, so don't go there. Uh, be sober-minded. But they would put a um, they put a model in the middle of the room, and they would say, reproduce on your paper after the model that we're all looking at. And so what Peter's telling us to do is whenever it's time for you to create this beautiful work of art called your life, be careful at what model you're looking at and recreating yourself after. Don't look at the old man. Don't put the old man in the middle of the room thinking, oh, 
Oh, wow, I used to have so much fun doing all that stupid stuff. No, you used to wake up depressed. Man, wasn't it amazing? We used to go and do that. Yeah, you were broken in your spirit. You used to cry yourself to sleep at night. Like, what are you talking about? Don't put yourself in the center of the room. Here's what we do. We put Christ Jesus. You're not being discipled after my image. Listen, if I have the honor of serving you as pastor, my goal in your life is not to make you like me. Because I'm not at the center of the room sitting there as the role model. There's no human being this side of heaven that would suffice to be an appropriate role model for who God wants to make you and have you to become. The only image, the only model, the only person that we have to go after is the person of Christ, King Jesus. Put him at the center. That's what Peter is saying. You want to be holy? You want to be consecrated? You want to move into a right life? Then here, draw the work of art called your life after the model who is Christ Jesus he's Jesus this is who I'm becoming so I'm creating a roadmap for me I'm being consecrated after the image of Christ Jesus Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says let us fix our eyes on Jesus he's the author and the perfecter of our faith don't conform to your old self conform to who you are in Christ Jesus and the church said amen Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.